You're tuned in to The Keetra Show and listening to SOB, Style of Business, the podcast with your host, Keetra. We aim to highlight the ongoing trek of entrepreneurs and business owners from around the globe, featuring stories that recount their struggles, experiences, and inevitable road to success and self-fulfillment. Welcome to SOB. Hey, what's up, y'all? Thanks for tuning in for another wonderful episode of SOB Style of Business. I'm your host, Keetra, back again with another phenomenal guest. Just an overall inspirational. I'm so happy that we were able to grab this lady and have her to come on the podcast and, and speak with us. I'm extremely honored to be speaking with Dr. Venus Opal Reese, the millionaire mentor. She is the CEO and creator of Defy Impossible, and yes, I did, and this extra. She's the author of one of her latest releases, um, the book titled The Black Woman Millionaire, A Revolutionary Act That Defies Impossible. Dr. Venus, thanks so much for being a guest with us today. We truly appreciate it. Let's get started with a... Yay! Yay! Hey, (laughs) wave your hands side to side. Let's... let's, Yes, (laughs) ma'am. Yeah, absolutely. We want to start with a brief introduction, and then let's just jump right in, and we'll we'll just see where the boat floats. Okay, no worries, no worries. So, a brief introduction. Well, my, my, let me say this: my life is a miracle. Literally, it's I never imagined in my wildest dreams that I would be featured in Forbes, that I would uh, be yeah. featured in Essence, Ebony. I mean, never saw that coming. I never saw myself being able to get out of high school, let alone get four degrees, including a PhD from Stanford. And then that was not the trajectory I was on. By the time I was 16, I was living on the streets of Baltimore, eating out of trash cans and sleeping in urine and beer. My mom had put me out of her house and things weren't okay there, so I never went back. A lot of violence, a lot of negativity. And it was my ninth grade math teacher, a black woman, and that counts. She was the one who intervened. She's the person who literally saved my life. It was because of her love, her what I call tangible love, her tangible support, that I'm alive and that I'm well. She was able to show me a whole new possibility for my life. And because of her love, I eventually graduated from Stanford with a second master's and PhD. I was able to take all this about that kept me alive on the streets and got me through my education and turn it into a system that fast-tracked my company, Define Possible, to the million-dollar mark in just under three years. We've grossed well over $4 million in the last five years, and we're on track to more than double that this upcoming year. And um, the truth of the matter is that it all has everything that I've ever done. Let me say it like this. I don't make money. I manifest millions. Oh, wow. And there's a difference. There's a difference. And it all comes down to healing your heart. So I firmly believe that when you take on healing your heart, you actually make room to receive the bounty, the prosperity, the abundance that is your divine and historical birthright. Yeah. And that's, you know what, and that, we have a whole nother podcast discussion on <laughs> on that topic alone. So I'll, I'll leave that for another time. But I have, you know, I've, I've definitely been a take, taken aback by a lot of your story, just kind of figuring out how you were able to get to this point. And I got to tell you, it's, it's mm-hmm. truly incredible because just like your company, defying impossible, most of the time, some, some of us are not able to do it. So that's a blessing in itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yes, ma'am. And so I want to discuss your recent success. Your Well, not well. you've had plenty, but 
let's talk about <laughs> Defy Impossible. I know you guys just celebrated the fifth anniversary and you have multiple different projects and businesses and things like that. I know you do seminars and panels and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. But what's the inspiration behind like being able to create a business that focuses on helping others reach their potential? Because you could very well be about self. So, mm-hmm. so what? what thank you for that. I never thought of it. <laughs> well, yeah, it's true. <laughs> oh, thank you. No, I'm, I'll be back, baby. No, I never even thought of it that way. Um, it's a great question, and no one's ever asked me. So let me let me try. Because my background was so extreme, it took something just to get well, right? And it wasn't me. I, I mean, I've had a lot of support. I believe in investing in myself. I mean, that from business to personal to wellness. And I called my company Defy Impossible because anything's possible, but you're going to have to defy what you believe you can't have or do. And because I was raised to believe I'm stupid, that I'm dumb, I'm ugly, nobody wants me, I'm throwawayable, I didn't believe anybody would would want me. (laughs) So when I I was working as a tenured professor, I've I've closed the show off Broadway, I'm an award-winning playwright, award-winning poet, and a tenured professor. So I was teaching at the university here in Texas, and the way that teaching works if you're doing it as a career, there's this thing called tenure. It's job security for life. It's like the corporate ladder for academics. Well, I was climbing my academic corporate ladder, and there's a series of votes that happen in order for you to secure that job security for life. And one of those one of those votes comes from your faculty. Now, I was the only, whew, the only, <laughs> wow. the only black. I mean, I mean, I was every only in the in the school of 400. Right. right. I was the only one. So when it came time to vote for me, the majority of my faculty voted against me, and it broke my heart. It reminded me I had the same physiological reaction that I had when Mama put me out. My chest contracted. I couldn't breathe. I got nauseous. I got dizzy. I started to cry uncontrollably. It was just a whole thing. And I was walking across campus trying to breathe, and I got into a street fight with myself on my behalf. And the street fight sounded something like this. (laughs) Venus, they don't want you. Stop trying to make people want you. Stop trying to make people love you. Mama didn't want you. She didn't love you. They don't want you. They don't love you. Okay, I want you. God wants you. Now let's go find people who do. And that was the defiance. The defiance wasn't external. The defiance was fighting against all of the negativity that I truly believed about myself. And when I took on getting around people who valued me, within a week I had a free talk in front of a group of white male CEOs, a round table, and I could hear that they were all lying. Now, where I come from, game recognizes game. <laughs> yeah. means in Stanford, so you have to prepare it. Now, really, people think that I have a, because they have Dr. Venus, they think I'm traffic in the, woo, in the ethos of respectability. There's no such thing for me. I'm more street. I I am multilingual. I speak (laughs) fluent street. Fluent street. Okay? I speak conversational college. You know? Exactly. I speak speak fluent black. I mean, I speak speak competent, (laughs) you know, competent um, corporate. You know what I'm saying? But I'm fluent in street, babe. Don't even, don't don't get twisted. (laughs) And so, I, um... <laughs> I have these people ready for me, and so I. Um, so when you come from, I come from the streets. So I can tell when someone's lying. It's part of this. What kept me alive? I can hear yeah. what you're not saying. It was the mechanism. It was the capacity that kept me alive on the street. So when I was in the room with the white fellas, and they were saying, "I'm fine. I'm fine. You're fine. I'm great." I'm like, hmm. 
no, you're not. Something's wrong. And then I went around the room. Well, no, well people lie. Yeah. And as I said, gay recognizes gay. So one guy said to one of the men, said, you're a functioning alcoholic. And then I went to another person and said, you're sick with somebody in your office. Oh, then wow. I went to another person and said, your kid hates your guts. Then I went to another person and your wife is ready to divorce you. And I'm like, because gay recognizes gay. gay. Yeah. You understand? You cannot be a person from the streets and survive the streets and not learn how to hear what people are not saying. Yeah. And so by the time I went around the room, the whole group hired me. They asked me what my rate was. I didn't have a rate, but I needed money for the summer because I was going on my contract. So I set them out, and then I ran to the back of the room because I was afraid no one was going to. I would have taken anything they gave me. Yeah. <laughs> I would have taken whatever they gave me. <laughs> but when I finally looked up, I saw each of them, I think it was 12, 10 or 12 of them at the time, each of them writing individual checks for the amount I had mentioned. I made more yeah. money in that one day than I did as a professor. In a whole year. That's ridiculous, yeah. And so that's, I know, that is what I, I was like, what? And that's <laughs> what I realized there's two different kinds of money. There's self-esteem money, that's the money you would pay you, that's the money you would allow you to have, based on your own opinions, your feelings and thoughts, and your lived experience of yourself. Then there's self-worth money. This is the money the market would pay you for the value you bring. I never imagined that people would pay me money to curse them out and tell them the truth. <laughs> And the thing I didn't understand was white male CEOs, they're used to having yes men around. They're not used to someone who will tell the truth. And to have someone who will tell you the truth is priceless. And so they were my first group. And they carried me for two years. They kept sending me business. And it gave me the chance to really start to understand that people will pay me for what I know, not what I do. And a lot of times, if you're a woman or a person of color, you're taught to bring in money for what you do. You know, from your time, from standing on your feet, from having a brick and mortar, that's a working class mentality. Yeah. That's not money. That's slavery. And so I created the fire possible because I knew I wanted to tell Nana, thank you for saving my life. I would not be here if there had not been somebody who loved me enough to see who I could be long before I could say it. She held space for me. And she taught me. She's my teacher, she's my mentor, and she's my mom. So I wanted to be for the people for whom I'm the answer to their prayers. I want to be for you, who Nana has been for me. And that's your champion. Exactly. Everyone is a champion. And that's how come I created Fire Possible. Great right. questions. And thanks for asking. Absolutely. Yeah, no, and I, I appreciate you uh, opening up and, and give us, giving us that explanation. I, I've been reading in the book, and I'm going to tell you, that story where you went to school and, and uh, Nana kind of stood up and defended you, I don't know who those kids were, but I was upset <laughs> with them for the teasing because, I, you know, you have those situations where, you know, kids are still getting teased and things like that. So I don't know when or where she came into play, but I know she she apparently made a tremendous impact. So we definitely want to thank her. And um, speaking of from that point and, and, you know, moving on, you go to Stanford, you got your first set of clients, you get in your company and everything up and off the ground. So you have been in this entrepreneurship trek for some time. You know, you you have the experience and the knowledge. Um, eight years. Eight years. Eight years this past October, yeah. Oh, wow. Congratulations on that. So how have you, though, I have got to ask, how have you been able to navigate? Because you got to do speaking engagements, you got your training classes, you got the mentoring, you creating products and services. Busy. I have a great team. <laughs> there you go. No, okay. I have a great team. I don't, nav- I don't navigate. I got a team. Girl. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's a, it's a, it's a, no, no, no. I don't navigate. I have a team. I 
team. I have a team of bosses. I have a team of people who believe what I believe, who believe in what I stand for, and who have a giver's heart, right? So I build, let me go back a couple of steps. I offer, people can work with me in a number of ways. They can either work with me virtually online, because I have online webinars and, and teleseminars, or they can come meet me on tour. I tour each year. This upcoming year, I have some new hotness that I'm about to drop. It's, it's blowing my mind. It's Love getting it. cooked, so I'm going to wait on it. <laughs> Love I have live events. No, it's hot. It's, it's, it's blowing my mind. I'm, just, I'm like, God, are you serious? Are you serious? Are you, God, are you, you really? Really? Is that what we're doing? This is God like, mm-hmm, my name is God. You're going to be in this. Yes or no, I talk to God like God is a black man who just got out of jail. Yeah. So you got to get used to that. You got to get used to my flow because, look, I curse, I cry, and I pray sometimes in the same breath. I'm on my best behavior because I'm on somebody else's platform. But if you come over to my virtual campus, be there. This is my my, my Travis Carver speaking to business oh my for goodness. a reason. I love you know, it. You know, so, so it's a lot. I love you for loving me, but um, it's part of how I'm built. And so my team, they honor, they empower my leadership, and I have people around me who do things that I am not good at. I only do my genius at this point. Now, yeah. when I started, I played all the positions. Okay. Yeah. But now I only do my genius. So the key to it is I have, when I'm doing events, Linda does my events. If I'm doing online stuff, that's my defined possible core team. Okay. If I need support with copy, I have a copy team. If I'm, for my my latest iteration, for my rebrand, for my TV show and all the stuff that's coming from the LA scene, I have a stylist. She does, I don't dress me, she still dresses me. I have someone who does my hair. I don't do my hair anymore. I can't do it. That's why I have them. Yeah. I have makeup artists. I have a team. I have a fucking tribe. So there's nothing I'm doing that is me. And it's eight years in the game. So yeah. you can't look at it from that perspective. So what I would say is when you're starting, pick one thing. Pick one thing that makes money. Just one. And do that until you have no choice but to grow. Like I have, when I first started, I know I was doing for two years. I lost every, I lost all my money. I mean, I, I really didn't know what I was doing. And then I, my third year in business, I hired a mentor. I invested in a mentor who knew stuff. Someone I could respect, someone I could trust, someone who had a proven track record, okay? And in that year, I made my first 165000 It's got to be my very first event. And I realized that I really enjoyed being with people. And so I started to shift my model to be an online and offline model. And so and then I went from focusing on everybody and just focusing on black women. And I focused on black women for five years. Okay. And loved it and still do to this day. And that's where I made my first five million. Okay. Now, as I evolve, and this is just my walk, I'm really taking on my father. Now, if you read the book, The Black Woman Millionaire, you can go to the theblackwomenmillionaire.com or Amazon, find it. There's one that has cursing in it and one that doesn't. If you don't want to hear all my curse, if you don't want to hear the street language, go to the, get the standard version. I got the explicit. Yes, yes. I just want to know where they have options for all my Christian folk or my corporate. You don't have to listen to me talk smack. You can listen to, you can read the standard edition. Same concepts, just no curse. But when you read the book, you'll know that I talk about my, my birth mother a bit. And how I got on the street. Oh, yeah. I don't talk about my father because I never met him. And now, as I'm maturing, as I'm evolving, I'm really contending with there was a black man who fought for my life before I was born. And I never said thank you. I never saw him. I don't know his name. And as I heal the, the wound of my father, 
what's been arising and what's been manifesting in my space, in my sphere of influence, in my clearing, are black men who fight for me. So it's, it's oh, fascinating. Yeah, yeah. So the more I heal, the more black men are showing up. And they, they, they may have always been there. I just couldn't see them because I was so, still, yeah. I didn't know I was wounded about the absence of my father. But as I take on healing that, I'm really being with, wow, there are black men who are good men, but they don't know they're loved. They don't, they don't know they're loved. They don't even know who they are for us. And they have wounds. There's a historical wound for black women, which is we have a historical wound around being heard being honored. There's a historical wound around black men, which is being respected, mm-hmm. being thought well of. And when those wounds talk, there's, we can't, we, they're historical wounds, not personal, so we can't get past that wound, right? And I'm taking, I'm taking on with my women, with my repeat offenders, is this. What if we took on healing ourselves so completely that our men healed through us? Never thought of that. And I'm taking that shit on. I'm, I'm for real for it. I'm, I know, I'm, me too. Because as far as I'm concerned, civilization started in Africa, and that's no slam to anybody. And I believe that black women we are pure power. And that doesn't equal any other race women is it? I think every, to me, we're all related. We're all sisters. So if I yeah. came from the same mama, for yeah. sure, right? Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. so my point, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, it's just, to me, it's just so, it's all the same to me. It's all going to come back to God. Yeah. But what true. I'm really dealing with is when we take on really healing, we won't react to their wounds. Oh wow! Did yeah, you catch that? Oh yeah, that's that. I, I, that's okay. extremely powerful. Yeah, that's where I'm moving into. So I'm actually really, really being with standing for black men, knowing they're loved and being empowered to win, to manifest millions with us, not in spite of us. And this is all to my father. It's just, and that's where I am. I'm, I'm just fresh. I, I'm moving into it. I haven't done it yet, so I don't know when this is going to air. So don't hold me to it. You know, <laughs> okay. but in the rebrand with the Dr. B brand, I'm really being with really. How do I love a man who fought for me but never came to see me? How do I help him? I know even if I never see him. How do I help him know he's loved? How do I help us heal such that the historical wound of us being separate gets mended? That we don't have to tear each other down. You know, and I'm just being with it. That's just where I am in my own spiritual evolution and so i think that when it comes to the fine impossible it really is an internal thing and i want to be clear i didn't start moving toward this until i had maxed out i have done everything i can do in terms of black women i'm now just doing more of the same yeah. but it excites me to expand to include black men and at some point it will expand to include um different races that have cultural trauma yeah. My research with Stanford is healing historical trauma. And so, like, Jewish women have a cultural trauma. You know, just like German women have a cultural trauma. Just like women of Asian ask, they have a cultural trauma that impacts their money. And I haven't done it yet because I, I hadn't evolved. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm evolving now. And right now, I want to I want to tend to, I want to tend to our men for a minute. I want to love on them. And I want us to, I want us to heal to the degree that we don't react to their wounds. Because there's not a lot of space for black men be self-reflective unless it's jail well okay yeah, of course yeah. so i mean but that's the only way you can think about all the people who came out of jail, black men came out of jail who did some major shit because they had they just had the time to think they didn't have to generate or defend if you got a target on your back you worry about the police shooting you there's not a lot of room to create exactly. and so yeah. if we're the most educated group in north america women of color okay then there's something that we know that we're not sharing and i don't mean the education i mean the navigation through the systems that is taught so there are things that I'm being with, like I can navigate any any social system. I learned it on the streets, but I hadn't taken on black men until now. 
So I'm being with that. Okay, I'm, I'm really breathing through it. I'm letting God guide me on it. And I don't have it all worked out. But I know it's strong on me. I can feel the weight of it. And I can feel that it's, it's what energetically Spirit is saying. I was built for this. And I listen to the call. Like I, I, I wait for God to tell me what to do. My business plan is I'm God-guided. And I pick one thing. And I do it fully with everything I've got until it monetizes, until it's scalable. And then I expand. I do not try to do everything. So to your question about how do you do it all, you don't do it all. You do one thing at a time well, and then you build your team. Once you build your team, then you scale. Once you scale, you expand. Does that make sense? Absolutely, it does. Yeah, and I, I love what you said, team of bosses. So you're not sitting up delegating and all that other stuff, which <laughs> obviously makes nope. it easier. Dr. Venus, let me backtrack a little bit. I know you have gotten into uh, a lot of, maybe one or two of the questions that I had for the book, The Black Woman Millionaire. And I guess that's why I really, I haven't finished reading it, but I, I'm enjoying what I've read because it's practical. But then too, like the title, I was figuring that it would be, I don't know what I thought it was going to be, but what I'm reading is something far different. And the, the reason why I say that is because you take a different approach. I mean, of course, as you know, you got the standard version, you got the explicit version, you, you, you're you, you know, you're doing all Dr. Venus uh, with no filter. But the way that you're going into the cultural consciousness and the history of black women and you, you're kind of you're kind of digging deep in it as to where when somebody kind of first hears the black woman millionaire a revolutionary act that defies impossible, they might think, oh, okay, let me figure out how I can build my empire like like Dr. Venus. But really, you're kind of giving them some practical steps to where they can obviously build a business from healing and stuff, but you really kind of dig deep and kind of show us where the problem starts, right? Of course. Well, let's just talk about it. So the Black Woman Millionaire, I can see, like, if you look at the cover, it's a picture of a beautiful Black woman, full lips, full nose, this glorious, the dark-skinned sister, with no eyes. So it could be any one of us, all right? And that's intentional. That's why we have that cover. And it's not about becoming a millionaire. It's not about making millions. It's not a money. It's not a finance book. It's not an investment book. It's not a how to, you know, I don't know, get an angel investor, how to find. It's not yeah. that kind of book. It's a revolutionary act. The revolutionary act is you healing yourself so completely that you allow yourself the permission to prosper. See, the money, this is the thing that people don't understand. Money is an energetic exchange. It mm -hmm. is not the tender we touch. It's not the, um, hey, baby, my coffee's going to be on me. It's not the cow we shell it used to be. It's not the paper. It's not the coin. It's not the gold nugget. It's not the, it's not the heifer. It's not the cow. It's not the horse. Yeah. <laughs> you know, different times in history, money has meant other things, right? Right. But if you just think about the history of North America, just use an example, because we could have talked about apartheid, colonialism, we could talk about black nationalism, we could talk about the Holocaust, it's still the same thing in terms of the impact. The North American chattel slavery really did, for North America specifically, but for the world in general, the energetic exchange with the black female body and the labor force, you see free labor, that's, that's an energetic, so yeah. for every piece of cotton that's picked, that's energy being expelled. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So for every bit of sugar cane was cut down in the West Indies, somebody took the time and energy to cut that cane. That's an energetic exchange. You cut the cane, there's some kind of exchange in which something gets given back. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So money is an energetic exchange. It's not what you do. All right? So if money is an energetic exchange, that means money is energy. It's the same as neutrons, protons, electrons, right? It's the same stuff that we're made of in terms of the universe, in terms of trees and stars. So we're literally spiritual beings having a human experience, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. And that's not mine, it's not like a And so if we're energy, 
then that means that in order for energy to manifest in material form, like this computer that you and I have, was once an idea in the mind of God. And somebody was a sufficient condition for that idea in the mind of God to come into material form. Whether it's the chair you're sitting on or the lamp, the lamp in your house, whether it's this Apple computer, yeah. it was already in the ethos. And it, it found the right condition called Steve Jobs. And it got manifested, right? And so if you understand that everything is energetic, it's energy, then the, the, the logical question is, well, hell, how do I manifest? Exactly. Let me tell you, yeah. it's simple and easy. No, it's not easy, but it's simple. Energy needs a conduit in order for it to manifest in material form. So if you are interested in becoming a millionaire, the conduit through which you will have to move the energy that's in the mind of God for the dreams that come up in your mind, Though that conduit is your heart. If your heart is clogged up like a toilet with resentment, regret, anger, animosity, numbness, then spirit can't move through you. It can't manifest nothing. All you can do is make things happen. And the limitations of your vision will always slow down and block your money. Because spirit can move things quicker, faster, easier than than you can even imagine. And if you look in your life, you've already had it happen. You just didn't know how to do it on purpose. Okay? So manifesting. So when I talk about a revolutionary act, it's a ballsy move to say, you know what? The person you said was stupid. The person you said wasn't shit. The person you said would never make it. Now write the check. The revolutionary act, you gave yourself the permission to write the check. The money is the easy part. All I can tell y'all is grab the book. <laughs> At this point, just just grab the book because I I let me stop while I'm ahead because I always do this. I really get deep in thought while you, the guest is speaking, and I want to go into this other direction of questions. But we'll save this for some other time. Now, as we wrap up, or before we wrap up, there's one last question that kind of mm-hmm. speaks to your point about you know how a lot of people feel as if you know they can work harder do 40 hours a week or just do more work or do an extra job to be able to get the money uh really when all it is like you said was was energy how do they get stuck like how is it that people get stuck year after year in these unfulfilling positions these career situations even if they, it's a relationship they give up on themselves they, they give up, up. On themselves. They skip up you and I have given up I promise you, if you look in your life, you can see that when you were a kid, you had big dreams. You could see anything. You're like, I could do this. I could be, I could be Superman. I could be, I don't know, whatever, right? And then life happens. Life breaks your heart. Or at least it broke mine. And something happened. You had a bad marriage. Or something happened in your family. Or someone died or you lost a kid. Or someone used you. Or someone stole from you. Or someone violated you. Whatever happened, happened. And you back down for life. You back down. And you started to cut deals with life. You started to settle. You started to play safe and be small. At least I did. Let's put it like that. And so what ends up happening is you start settling for what seems safe, what looks like you can manage, Mm. but you die on the inside. And you stop dreaming. And you stop believing. And you stop hoping. And you start trafficking like this. The step-sized pool of possibility. You start to just get by and walk around living a mediocre life because you're too afraid to try. That's how it happens. Now, if you want out, you have to invest in yourself. You have to get a guide. You have to get a mentor or a tutor or a coach or a catalyst or a consultant. And be clear, it doesn't have to be me. I'm not, look, I talk too much smack. But you have to be (laughs) able to get somebody 
And you can start with books. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to invest at the highest level as you're starting, but you have to get some new data in. You have to get some new tools. You can start with the Black Woman Millionaire book. You can start with, you know, I have a free gift I want to give you just in case you want to get to know me. You can start with the give money training, right? It is a free gift of $3,500 value. It's three, uh, three, two hour, three, two hour, three hour audio and a 21 page, 21, 18 to 21 page workbook. This shows you how to bring in money with the skills you already have and then do it. You know, you have to do it. You know, and that way, because you you have to build up credibility with yourself. I'm in my 40s now. I've been doing my thing since I was on the streets. Yeah. So I got a little more time in the game. So you can't measure like my measure. That'd be like trying to measure me against Oprah. You know what I'm saying? That's ridiculous. But what you can take a note page from my playbook, which is start where you are. Get around people who are going where you want, who are who already are where you want to go. Okay, just get in the room. One of the biggest challenges, I say, I believe in getting in the room with people because there are things you can learn when you're in the room that you can't learn from a book. Right. But if yeah. that's where you are, do the book. If you can't do the book, do the blog. You can do the, if you can't, if you can do the blog, then do the, come, do the, come see me on tour. If you can't, if, you can, if that works for you, come see me at one of my live like three-day events. So there's, there's plenty of ways, but you have to take on you. You have to get in a street fight with yourself on your own behalf, the same way you would fight for your child's education. Absolutely. Love it. You guys, y'all have heard it from Dr. Venus. I'll be sure to post everything uh, on the show notes, guys, and we are well, going let me, to let me, let me, give it let to me, her. Let me do one more thing because I want to make yes, because I want to make sure there may be some people who may be listening now or later that may want to benefit. So I believe in date before I get married. And I think that's a very good thing to do. So yeah. if you want to date me virtually as your mentor, go to www defyimpossible.com forward slash gift. That's where the get money training is. It'll put you on my list so you get put my you'll get a lot of my complimentary trainings and teachings. And I'm also on social media, Instagram, Facebook, I do lives. So I feed you on a regular basis. But you gotta get started. So go get the gift. Okay? And go get the book if you want to really jump in and, and really drive quicker. Okay. And I just want to say one more thing to our our host. I want to thank you so much for allowing me on your platform. Thank you for letting me be myself, Guy. And thank you for who you are for us. Thank you for who you are for us. That you would make room for us and that you would give, you know, give us as guests the opportunity to let our our voices be heard. I don't take it lightly. And I want you to know that as a sister of success, I love you. I respect you. I appreciate and I admire you for who you are for the world. Oh, Thank you so much, Dr. Venus. I truly appreciate it. And thanks again for taking the time to speak with us today. We look forward to having you back somewhere in the future and we'll continue to follow your wonderful success as always. So you enjoy your day and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for hanging out with us here on SOB. We hope this episode has been resourceful. If you'd like to check out the latest articles or follow Keetra's website updates, just log on to Keetra.com or follow her on Twitter at K-E-E-T-R-I-A.